I'm going to be preaching from this text, so pay attention to what is happening in the lives of the people of Israel. From Exodus 32, the first verse. When people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, the people gathered around Aaron and said to him, Come, make gods for us. Who shall go before us? As for this Moses, the man who brought us out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. And Aaron said to them, Take off the gold rings that are on your ears, that are on the ears of your wives and your sons and your daughters, and bring them to me. So all the people took off their gold rings from their ears and brought them to Aaron. And he took the gold from them and formed it in a mold and cast the image of a calf. And they said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you out of the land of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made a proclamation and said, Tomorrow shall be a festival to the Lord. And they rose early the next day and offered burnt offerings and brought sacrifices of well-being. And the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to revel. And the Lord said to Moses, Go down at once, your people whom you brought out of the land of Egypt have acted perversely. They have been quick to turn aside from the way that I commanded them. They have cast for themselves an image of a calf and have worshipped it, sacrificed to it, and said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. So the Lord said to Moses, I have seen this people, how stiff-necked they are, Now let me alone, so that my wrath may burn hot against them, and I may consume them. And of you I will make a great nation. But Moses implored the Lord his God and said, O Lord, why does your wrath burn against your people whom you brought out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians say it was with evil intent that he brought them out to kill them in the mountains and to consume them from the face of the earth? Turn from your fierce wrath, change your mind, and do not bring disaster on your people. Remember Abraham and Isaac and Israel, your servants, And how you swore to them by your own self, saying to them, I will multiply your descendants like the stars of the heaven and all this land that I have promised I will give your descendants and they shall inherit it forever. The Lord changed his mind about the disaster that he planned to bring on his people. Once more, Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his slaves to call those who had been invited to the wedding banquet, but they would not come. 
And again, he sent out other slaves saying, tell those who have been invited, look, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen, my fatted calf, and have, have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. Because they made light of it and went away, one to his farm, another to his business. And while they rest, while the rest seized his slaves, mistreated and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his troops, destroyed those murderers, and burned their city. Then he said to the slaves, The wedding banquet is ready, but those invited were not worthy. So go, therefore, into the main streets and invite everyone you find to the wedding banquet. Those slaves went out into the streets and gathered all whom they found, both good and bad. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noted a man there who was not wearing a wedding robe. And he said to him, friend, how did you get in here without a wedding robe? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, bind him hand and foot and throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I am the Lord your God. Worship me and me alone. Says the first commandment found in Exodus 20, the best line that Charlton Heston ever spoke. He stole from the Bible. I am the Lord your God. Worship me and me alone. And again, we hear in the text from Exodus as a background this commandment. The people have just gotten bored, gotten tired waiting given up on Moses. He's late. They're not going to wait. And so they start to think to themselves, what should we do? You know, he was kind of our main connection to God. What now? And some, some faithless person gets the idea that they can't ever see this God that Moses talks to and about. Moses has gone up into the mountain to have a face-to-face with God, but they don't see that God. They don't know that God. Let's be like our neighbors. Get a God we can see. 
you know, a God we can really hold on to. If we can see that God, we can know that God, we can spend time with that God, that God costs us money, then it might be worth something. Instead of some invisible whatever that's brought us out here in the desert to starve and to die of thirst and to just wait around while our leader is missing in action. They take off all their earrings. And note, dads who are like my dads, it says, even take the earrings from your sons. So even back then, the sons were wearing earrings. And they build a calf. Now, I've said this to you before, I'll say it again, but in the movie, the Ten Commandments, when you, when you see the movie, the golden calf is so big that it has like two half-naked women laying on it, kind of sunning themselves. Arche- archaeologists say the calf was probably more like about this big. It was like a knick-knack you'd set on top of your piano at home. Are we supposed to set knickknacks on our piano? Is it good for it? It's okay? Okay, yeah, okay. So some little thing that you would just put on your fireplace mantle or whatever. But they worshipped it. They loved it. They could see it and hold on to it. Talk to it face to face. Know that it was really there. And they declared, this is our God now. (laughs) They set up an idol for themselves. In the rest of the story in Exodus 32, you see how angry God becomes. God's wrath, God wants that wrath to rage inside of him. So he can smite the people. And Moses talks him out of it. One of the most beautiful lines in the whole Bible is this line where at the very end of this story, God changes God's mind about what God will do to the people of Israel for their sin of idolatry. Now, any time a preacher talks about idolatry, they go from preaching to meddling pretty quick. But let me try. Idols are things you worship instead of the living God. And you all are saying, well, we don't have any, you know... That we, don't have, we have family pictures on our piano. We don't have any knickknacks that we worship. But let me tell you that if you examine very closely how you spend your time and your money and whom you spend it on, you will deco- discover places that you are sliding into idolatry. 
Where your money and your time goes are those things that are often most important to you. The question for you is, are they more important to me than God? I spend my time at work. I spend my time on electronic devices. I spend my time with my family. Is that more important to you than the God you serve? I spend my money on house payments and education for my children and saving for my old age. I give any of that back to God? Does the widow and the orphan and the poor see any of those dollars? If not, you might be easing your way into idolatry. And to whom do you spend time? Your family? Your spouse? Your neighbors? Your work friends? Your community? You've heard me say this before, too. I got so sick in Axtell, Nebraska, of hearing people say to me, I can't come to worship today because i got to spend time with my family. Oh, shut up. First of all, I know your opinion of your family. You don't like them that much, and they don't like you that much. And second of all, really, you can't come to church because of your family? Bring your family to church with you. But what's most important to you? Where you spend your time, where you spend your money, and on whom do you spend it? That's how we know if we're on our way toward idolatry. The first thing on your mind when you wake up in the morning is your God. And the last thing on your mind when you go to sleep at night is your God. You are not in danger of being idolatrous, I would dare say. But be careful. Because like the Israelites, when things start to go a little bit wrong and we start to think we're not hearing from God enough as, as much as we should or... If things just don't go our way. Then it's easy to say, maybe I'll find another God who's more attentive. Who cares more about my life. Who wants to help me with my children or my spouse. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob the God of the prophets, and the God of Jesus, our Christ, is alive today and willing to love and serve us in any way we need. Trust in God. Fully.
and abandon your idols today. In Jesus' name, amen.